This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going, man? It's going great. How are you? Pretty good. We're good. Mr. I watch Spider-Man instead of volleyball. No, no. And that's also false because I went home last night at 1130. Okay, it was a lot later than that. Probably about 1230. After Spider-Man got over. And rewatched, but but the Husker at the time, match. I will say this: What did you watch when the Nebraska volleyball game started? I was at Sportscasters watching it on at the sports bar. And as the volleyball game went on, did you watch the entire I, thing? I live? went to no, I did not. You not did not. Live. You watched Spider Man. You chose Spider Man over was, the volleyball team. Here's the thing, and I blame you a little bit. I pay. I paid for the ticket two weeks ago. And oh, so what you're telling me is you didn't paid. think that they would be playing in the national championship? I did not even look in the to final see. Four. I did not even oh look to see when the final Nicholas. four was. If I'm being completely honest, how dare you? I know. I'm sorry, but as always, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Yeah, shout out Don on the text line. So uh, Honda Lincoln Hotline Sutter Heyman text line. Feel free to um, dive in that way all show long. Don says, to be fair, Rico Spider Man. Was so so good. I am watching it tomorrow. Rico Spider Man was so, so good. So if anybody says anything, I cannot say what will happen on air. But we're, we might talk about it. Do Monday not. Yeah, we're going to talk about it on Monday. Do not. Do not spoil this for me. I've been waiting so long, so long for this moment. It was such a good movie, and there were so many surprises and little little hints going forward. Sorted. It, I have to pumped. watch the Eternals also. I have to catch but, up on my Marvel movies. No, so the way that the way that kind of last night unfolded, obviously the Wisconsin Louisville game went got over late. So we were, we were at Sportscasters at eight thirty because we thought it was going to be the time that it started, but then it did not. So um, anyway, uh, Nebraska volleyball. Let's talk about that. Mm. Emily Eman of the Big Ten Network will join us. She's a volleyball analyst, a uh, former player from Northwestern. She'll join us at 2.30. She's up in Columbus, so we want to get her thoughts on not only Nebraska, but also Wisconsin. What is Nebraska? Obviously, very familiar with the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Um, Husker Nation really wants to beat Wisconsin bad, bad. Keep them from winning their first ever national yeah. title. Let's let's continue that. Keep Dana Recchi, the National Player of the Year this year, uh, NCAA Volleyball only five-time All-American. little asterisk there because nobody else will have that opportunity. Um, from winning her first and only national title. That is what Nebraska fans and, and, and this Nebraska volleyball team is hoping to do tomorrow. Yeah, so it's going to be a really, really exciting game. Obviously, like Rico just said, Dana Recchi, Sidney Hilly, um, all those Badgers going up against Nebraska, yeah, who, let's be honest, is probably the hottest team in the country right now. 
they, they are playing exceptionally well as of late, and they're coming on right at the perfect time of the season. Um, and here's the thing is even if Nebraska, if tomorrow night's match does not go Nebraska's way, think of the path that Nebraska had to go through to get to this point. They had to beat Texas, Pitt, face Wisconsin, also Illinois. And, and I'm going to actually ask Emily this a little bit later is just how good is the Big Ten Conference at volleyball? Look, I mean, think about it. Ohio State had a good year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois was good. They they beat Kentucky in the in the NCAA tournament. You had Purdue. You always have those mainstays of Minnesota, of Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Penn State was still a quality volleyball program this season around or this season. The Big Ten Conference at volleyball is exceptional. The Big Ten in volleyball is is actually what people think the SEC is in football. <laughs> Ooh, that's a. Oh, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, what there, people Rico. what people think the SEC is in football is what the Big Ten actually is in volleyball. Interesting. I, I like that comparison, but either way, Nebraska Wisconsin tomorrow night, um, and I think Nebraska fans want to beat Wisconsin even more now than before because they knocked out Danny Bus Boom Kelly and Louisville. They're monsters. How dare they? So, um, Nebraska volleyball. This this team just keeps fighting. Unbelievable, fun to watch. Um, just after the first set, I'll admit it. I was a little worried. John Cook even admitted it last night in his post game presser that Pitt played almost. His quote was almost perfect volleyball that game. They came out swinging. Yeah, you saw that fast offense. Nebraska was not handling their serve very well. They could um, not handle Pitt's middles. They mm-hmm. they they were getting they're they running a six two as you as you mentioned yesterday. And they just kept setting right up in the middle, just the quick sets. Yep. And Nebraska just couldn't make the adjustments because they were trying to, you know, you're, you're trying to cover everybody. You're trying to make sure that nobody gets an open open kill. And those middles were just slamming it down into the into the floor every single time in that first set. And it was just, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I don't, oh, this this doesn't look good, man. This mm-hmm. this is. I hope this doesn't continue. Hopefully, they make some adjustments, and and they did. But though they for at least the first set and every once in a while throughout the rest of that match, uh, they would just set it up to the middle and just slam it down into the court. Yeah, so really encouraging stuff. We'll dive in, We'll dive back into that here in a little bit. Uh, there was some volleyball news from, on a national level from Texas, actually, in regards to the transfer portal. Skylar Fields, their All-American opposite hitter, entered the transfer portal just a little bit ago, a couple hours ago. Fields hit 331 on the season, averaged over three and a half kills per set. She was a third team All American this season. Um, she's six foot two. Here's here's an interesting stat for you. She has recorded. We talk about. We always talk about regardless of the sport, finding athletes that have played well in the biggest moments, right, and, and mm-hmm. have been there before in those big moments. Skylar Fields has at least 15 kills. In six of the nine postseason matches that Texas has played in her three years at Texas, so a pretty good percentage there. She's been a a focal point focal point for Texas um, throughout her career. She had twenty kills against Nebraska last Saturday, mm-hmm. and she was previously the number one recruit in the class of twenty nineteen. So I, I'm not saying transfer. I'm not saying Nebraska will look Skyler Fields' way, especially with how young they are. Mm-hmm. But l- look. There, there is a that is a big time 
transfer portal. Just keep your eyes on that. I mean, wherever Skyler Fields ends up, you know that's that's immediate improvement, and that mm-hmm. that that really helps any team that decide or that can get her services. Yeah. So big news there that I wanted to mention. Um, I know Penn State's lost a couple players as well, and so to the portal. So there's a lot of opportunities out there for John Cook and his squad after they conclude their season tomorrow night to see um, what direction they want to go since they'll be losing Lexi Sun and Lauren Stiverance after tomorrow night. Um, and Callie Schwarzenbach. Callie Schwarzenbach, yes, and absolutely. possibly Nicklin Hames. She she went through mm-hmm. senior day festivities and the whole, whole, she, whole shebang there, but she does have another year that she can come back, so that's just, you know, up to her and, and the coaching staff if they if they would have her back or if she decides that uh, she's she's done with her volleyball career at Nebraska. So it's mm-hmm. it's you know, there's some decisions to be made still. Four oh two four six four five six eight five Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sarder Heyman text line, um the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. You can check us out there um as well. And then on Twitter, Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. Okay, let's let's talk a little Husker football here because there has been some news the last couple hours. Obviously, earlier this morning, Decoldis Crawford flips are officially flipped from LSU to Nebraska. Um, Feldarius Payne withdrew his name from the transfer portal, which I think is the bigger thing that happened today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just received a transfer wide receiver from New Mexico State, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Um, and if you were missing the back half of Tom and Bach there last season for New Mexico State, 37 catches, 578 yards, four touchdowns for the Lobos. New Mexico, New Mexico State. State is the no, they are the Aggies. Aggies, yeah. Aggies. Thank you. The Lobos are New Mexico. Just New Mexico. Yes. Thank you. So six foot tall, 185 pounds. Um, reading articles and reading just the thoughts of from from Castaneda himself, he feels like he's a guy that can play either inside or outside so possibly a replacement for Samori Toure um, since he's going to be gone we'll see how Nebraska plans for him a lot of bodies also. in that wide receiver room there are there are and he's got two years he's you, not he's not a one-year guy exactly and, and you heard Mickey Joseph yesterday is the whole thing we, we we talked about it in depth yesterday afternoon but the whole thing of not over coaching guys not trying to do too much not it, when they find a strength within a guy, they're not going to touch that strength. They're going to develop that strength, but they're not going to try to change it. Mm-hmm. And so really, really encouraging stuff from Mickey Joseph. But let's let's talk about Feldarius Payne for a moment because we, we've talked about it before. We've spoke to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity about it um, in previous weeks. But this defense is going to look different. And they lost a guy in JoJo Doman who was a mainstay in that in that out or linebacking slash you know nickel spot mm-hmm. room. Um, he was the, for the uh, last couple years, just the Swiss Army knife, exactly on the defense. And and you still have Garrett Nelson. Caleb Tanner came on late in the season, really opened some eyes with his explosiveness and his motor. Um, but then you're losing a lot of guys behind those linebacker linebackers. And yes, they they hit the transfer portal hard with Tommy Hill and and Deshaun Singleton from Hutch. Uh, in terms of of adding depth to that room, they still Defensive have Tyreek Johnson. And stuff. Those guys are behind the linebackers, but in that linebacking room, I- I'm curious to see who steps up because you still have Will Honus coming back, mm-hmm. which for a six, seven, for a seventh, I think. Seventh I believe year? it's seventh. Yeah, so, would have been done after this year, but he got hurt before so he four got, games. So, yeah, he, so he got a medical yeah. redshirt. So it's interesting there to see what happens and how that linebacker room kind of unfolds that middle linebacker space is is cramped because you lost Will Honus at the beginning of the season and that 
that gave more room for uh, Nick Henrich to to start and to play more, and mm -hmm. him and Luke Reimer were yeah. near the top in the top ten in tackles in the Big Ten, and and were all over the field every single game. So that middle linebacker room is going to be crowded and the outside linebacker room now that you've got Feldarius Payne back you know you've got Garrett Nelson on one side you've got Caleb Tanner Feldarius Payne like you've got a, you've got some bodies in there but what they're lacking what they're still trying to find is that pass rusher mm -hmm. and I think that's what if you if you remember early in the season Feldarius yeah Feldarius Payne was was on one he yeah. was he was out for blood trying to get quarterbacks and then as the season went on you kind of you kind of lost sight of him. He didn't play much when he was on the field. He wasn't making that big of an impact. So hopefully, with him coming back, that'll lead to you know him making more of an impact and going back to you know that first game, those first few games of Feldarius Payne with that high motor and getting to the quarterback because that's that's especially with the with the number of people they lost in the secondary, they're going to need to get to the quarterback a lot quicker. Yeah, and. And not to say that their defense is going to be bad next year. There's just a lot of question marks. It will it it will take a step back. It will take a step back, but there's a lot of question marks. It's not like it's going to be a a, t a defense that allows 50 points a game on them. Um, we hope not. Number one, because they're in the Big Ten Conference. But number two, you still have uh, a good amount of guys on that defensive line um, that you have gotten playing time. Ty Robinson, Casey Rogers, um, along with those guys. But... In that linebacker room, you feel good about it. There's just, like I said, you just don't know who's going to step up. You can even throw, to an extent, Bla a guy like Blaze Gunnerson. Blaze Gunnerson got some time you really, saw, yeah. really, really late in the season. After JoJo Doman went down, mm -hmm. you saw more of Blaze Gunnerson. He was he was doing really well. He was holding his own. And so there's a lot of a there's a lot of bodies. In a while. I mean, you still have Maga Clements in that in that room as well. You have a lot of a lot of bodies there that will shift and and sort itself out. So we'll see how how time goes along and how it plays out. But definitely, a, I think it's a good decision or a good happening or a good happening, um, a good thing that he came back because he is an experienced guy. Mm -hmm. He understands what it takes to play at that power five level. He's ha found success. Although it be for a short amount of time, he's mm -hmm. had success at the Power 5 level, and, and we'll see kind of how it pans out. I do understand, you know, it, it made it a little bit harder for him, that decision, uh, maybe why he entered the transfer portal when Caleb Tanner announced that he was coming back. Because if Caleb Tanner were to leave, that is that is Feldarius Payne's spot. Mm -hmm. uh, so when he announced he was coming back, I understand him going to the transfer portal, but they must have talked him out of it, you know, saying, you know, they, they use a lot of bodies. They switch him out pretty regularly. Um, and but if Caleb Tanner can keep up the the play that he had toward the end of the season, it might be slim pickings for Feldarius. But when he does get in, if he can keep up that high motor that he had early in the season, I think he'll he'll play his way into more more snaps. Let's let's move on. We'll stick with Husker football. We got a couple minutes left in this segment, and I'm trying to gauge feelings on Nebraska's quarterback <laughs> thoughts. This is weird. Because I don't know if you guys remember, going back to the beginning of this when, when the transfer portal really started getting filled up and and things like that, it was big names. Spencer Rattler, Dylan Gabriel, Miles Brennan, um, Max Johnson. You still have Ch uh, Chubba Purdy. Um, now Zach Calzada from Texas A&M is in the portal. Mm -hmm. um, Keaton Slovis is in the portal still. And, and the guy from Incarnate Word, um, Cam Ward. Mm-hmm. And so you have all these names, and I remember thinking, oh, Nebraska, I felt confident 
in Nebraska at that point going after one of those bigger name guys. Florida's quarterback is entering the portal Emory. after the Thank bowl you. game, which yeah. I don't understand. Like he said, he's going to be in the portal, but he's going to play in the bowl game, mm-hmm. and they're letting him. Yeah, they confirmed it. It's very confusing. Like what I. Yeah, so Emory Jones. I mean, Jack how Miller. Would you, from how would Ohio you take? Still out there. How would you take? You're playing with a guy, and you know he's not going to be on your team next year. And it's not that he's moving on to to pursue a professional career, but he's moving on just to play somewhere else. Like, how would you feel playing next to that guy? Like, you know, like you, you know, he's not all in right now because mm-hmm. he's looking for another place to continue well, his career. I'm I'm curious because. It's one of those things. I don't know if it's if it's where he doesn't care about Florida anymore. It's just a new coach, new coaching staff. I, and yeah, I get that. But at the same time, like that's your guy. You were going to war with him, you know, day in and day out every Saturday. You're going and you're knocking heads right next to him, you know, against other people. And then you know that after this game, he's gonna go with like like I said, he's not going on to pursue a professional career. Yeah, he's going. To he's going college. to another school. Yeah, like that's, that's just yeah. That's a good point, Rico. I would. Be, it's going to be interesting to see if if he throws if they, if he messes up if he has yeah how quick they are to pull him and, and things like that. Just because I like, when I when I read that story about him wanting to con- play in the bowl game, but then has he's confirmed that he's entering the portal. Yeah. So this is a done deal. It was really 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 weird of how it kind of all unfolded. Mm-hmm. I would have waited to say. I'm going into after the portal the bowl game. until after the bowl game. But I guess he wants to, you know, get his name out there and get people, you know, contacting Maybe. him to to get all this stuff, you know, uh, ironed out. But like, listen, like y- you were a catcher. Let's say your pitcher is, and we'll just say it's in high school. Is is you know he's going to transfer to another high school after this season? Yeah. And you know you're you're catching the pitches and you're sitting next to him on the bench, like how like how that's, awkward would that's that be? That's where I think it would be better if it was just. Nobody else knew. Nobody knew that he was yeah, going to be. Yeah, but that's there. what I'm saying. But he, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Like that's just awkward. Yeah, that's that's really really awkward. But either way, back to Nebraska and, and with the Huskers' focal point on this, I just don't. I, I don't want to look back next spring or or even at the end of next season, even though that's a far ways down the road, and say Nebraska missed an opportunity, or Nebraska miss um, analyzed. The talent that was in the in the transfer portal quarterback. Room. I mean, it's going to be easy to say that down the line once you see how everybody's playing. But at the same time, did they actually have a chance with Spencer Rattler? I, and did I'm not they saying... actually have a chance with Dylan Gabriel? Like that's the hard part is because you don't know who they that's actually were talking to, and that person was talking back, and they were you know there was mutual interest because Nebraska could have all the interest they wanted in Miles Brennan. There's no saying Miles Brennan was actually entertaining Nebraska. Yeah, and I think the big thing with Miles Brennan, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Big thing with Miles Brennan was that just that Mickey Joseph connection, where mm-hmm. it was thought, where it was to be thought, oh. We got an LSU coach. There's going to be a he chance LSU. to LSU that LSU guys um, start coming towards Nebraska. LSU commits, I mean, and mm-hmm. and by that one guy, I mean Dakota Crawford. Uh, also, that running back that they visited. But here's the thing: is I'm just curious on. Um, I, I don't know what direction they're going. Once again, it all circles back to I, I'm confused and, and don't know what their goal is. 
in going into next season. So it's kind of kind of interesting to see how this whole thing kind of uh, pans out, I suppose. All it right. just depends on how that offense is going to – how they want that offense to run. You can go one direction with a more athletic quarterback, as you've had, or you can go with a more of a pocket passer or go with somebody who has a strong arm and is you know slightly athletic. You just get the best of both worlds there. But that's, that's the hard part is finding that uh, perfect mixture – uh, if that's what you're going for. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman Text Line. Let's go ahead and take our first time out in this one on a Friday. When we come back, we'll uh, be joined by Emily Eman of the Big Ten Network. She'll break down um, some Big Ten Conference volleyball from Columbus, Ohio, next on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.